Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On today's meeting, we have uh, improvement vector candidates, innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, and oh, so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Did the meeting catch you off guard this week? I was I was a little bit caught off guard. I did yeah. not realize we were having a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, I was Thursday at 7 p.m. I've been, it's been it's been a really busy week. I believe I've it. Just work has been piling up. Yeah. That dot matrix printer keeps on unspooling. There's more sort of things to go over. I know. More improvements know. to be made. Having to squeeze the octopuses for ink. Yeah, I know. That can uh, take hours. It, 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 it really does. Yeah. So, should we have I thought there were squids. Squids? Yeah. Little squid, little octopus. It's just general cephalopods. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. A yeah, cuttlefish so now. A cuttlefish. Oh, a cuttlefish, yeah. yes. As long as we get like a nice variety. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's all. That, yeah. Diversity is important. Yeah, bespoke printer ink. Wow, that's fantastic! I love yeah. I love the notion of like the bespoke luxury coming to coming to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Yeah. So yeah, let's do uh, let's do uh, some of that there uh, attendance. Uh, let's see. Um, on today's meeting, our first attendee, Dune Chappelle. Dune Chappelle. Dune Chappelle. Cousin of uh, Peter Chappelle. No. <laughs> I have no idea who we're talking about. That's okay. No, Dune Chappelle ran like a, uh, a set of uh, Moroccan-themed casinos. Oh. Yeah, in the 70s. Really? Oh, yeah. It's tremendously popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was up in the Arctic. And they love that up it, there. And he, you know, I mean, yeah. they go nuts for, for the Moroccan theme. Mm-hmm. Um, he went broke, though, after trying to import too much sand. Oh, that would, that would be bad. And the camels did not fare well. You know, I think they actually have sand up there. It's just under snow. He he just he could didn't just think dug. that. No, no, he didn't no. think that. He did not think of that. Hmm. Yeah, he, t- he, he just he made some bad decisions along the way. Right. So, but I don't, I don't see him here. Though. Bad decisions in casinos—they tend to go together. It's true. Yeah. I think he, I think he got high on his own supply, <laughs> really? as, as they say. <laughs> yes. I don't know why yeah. I said that. But well, sadly, he's not here. He's he's not. Yeah, I don't uh, see him. Anyway. He's obviously somewhere high on his own supply. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. I don't know what happened. I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, this is a little embarrassing, but I think I just got the letters mixed up a bit. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, just hold, give me a Who second. could be at this meeting, then? Um, Paul Deschen. Oh, that's actually me. Oh. Yeah. All right, so you're here. I'm here. Perfect. Mark me present. I was about to kick you out of the meeting. Cause right, because I, I wasn't on the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, who's barging into this meeting? Yeah. Um, turns out, turns out you're supposed to be here. Yep. Uh, next up is Aaron Digman. Aaron Digman. Aaron Digman. Oh, the uh, video game character. Yes. Yeah. Aaron <laughs> Digman. Right. Yeah, yeah. Aaron. Doom, dink, 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 and he would dig down. Yeah, yes, he would. Yeah. He would. And uh, I kind of thought Aaron uh, Digman too was probably the best of the franchise. Typically, the second one is. Yeah. But here's some weird trivia. Mm-hmm. It actually, wasn't even a Digman title. Really? It's completely different, but they just... They just di- slapped the Digman name on yep, it? Yep, they, yeah. they changed the, changed out a sprite and uh, for the North American release. Right. Yeah, it was weird. Right. It was it called was... Super Dirt Man in Japan. <laughs> so. Damn. Really? Oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. I know, it was great. Yeah. It, was, it was a great game. Yeah. Um, it was one of the hits of the ColecoVision. 
Oh, ColecoVision. Yeah. Um, but I find it odd that we're having as a guest on our meeting uh, a video game character. I'm not. I'm starting. I'm really not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, because I, I think I, I'm, I've made a mistake here. Uh, it, it's not Aaron Digman. I've messed up the letters. Should be Aiden Morgan. That's you. Fantastic. And you're here. Okay. All right. So we've got a meeting. We don't have quorum, but we do have attendees. And we also have an improvement vector candidate. We do. I believe this, it looks an awful lot like Jennifer Aikman. Hello. Hey. Hi. Thanks for coming down to the sub-basement tonight to talk to us. Thanks for having me. And what are you here to talk to us about, though? I'm here to talk to you about Girls Rock Camp Regina, which we are bringing for the first time to Regina this summer. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so... There are, and there are a lot of rocks in this city. Yeah, so, so it's, a, ge- it's a geology camp. Yes. No, actually, it's a music-based uh, camp, day camp. Oh, week okay. long in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In July? Yeah. The awesome. camp, actually, it's a girls' camp that runs from July 24th to 29th. Mm-hmm. And on July 29th, there will be a showcase for the girls in the camp yeah. to um, play show at the exchange. At the yeah. exchange? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So it's like they will go from nothing to camp to the big time. Absolutely. They all... They, There'll be bands put together, and then they'll learn basics of a song and an instrument. So they'll learn instruments. They'll write their own songs. They'll name their bands, um, record, and then have a showcase for family and friends on the weekend. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think the technical term is zero to hero. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Jamie Farr to rock star. Although yeah. I don't know why Jamie Farr. Let's forget it. Jamie Farr was a big <laughs> star, man. I know. But it wasn't a rock star. You've never been to Toledo. Obviously He not. was everything in to, to oh, Toledo. Perhaps so. Yeah. Um, so how old are the girls who would be doing this? Um, it's for ages 10 to 14 for female identifying um, girls, trans, and, non, and non-conforming, gender non-conforming kids. So, sure. Yeah, for 10 to 14. Right. So mm-hmm. if they'll let you into Girl Scouts, they'll let you into this. Hmm? Girl yes. Scouts, it's yes, the same exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, is it? Is this a new thing to Regina? Or is this it... is a new thing to Regina. Yeah, actually, this is the first year, so we're just, yeah, just starting this year. Yeah. But yeah, but it's not a new it's, concept. It's been around other places. It's it's not actually um, as a as a a camp. Um, actually, Saskatoon has had one. This is they're working on their fourth year. Oh, really? This year, so we've been in contact with them a little bit to right. get some tips. But actually, there's Girls Rock Camp Alliance, which we've kind of aligned with that have been around for quite a while. There's over 200 camps, like worldwide, girls rock yeah. camps. So, yeah, it's not a new thing, but here it is. So yeah. it's pretty exciting, yeah. Um, I've known a few boys, Yeah. Um, having been one <laughs> and working with one. <laughs> uh, so I think I know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. But why would you, why would you want to have, like, a girls exclusive okay. well, camp I know- for rock music? Okay, well... I know some boys too. Actually, I have a ten and twelve year old, yeah. and though they're quite jealous that they don't get to be a part of it, um, they understand. Like they get it. They understand the reason why. And as a a woman who was part of the music scene here and just in general, um, it's important for girls to kind of have a place where they feel comfortable and are able to be themselves and find their voice 
in industries like music and stuff where it's predominantly male dominated so mm-hmm. you know yeah because yeah. boys can be pricks <laughs> no it just you know and no it would be awesome if there was a, a camp for all kids but yeah. our focus and our group is focusing on and yeah. girls yeah. and in no, particular I yeah i'm, I know. I'm joking <laughs> totally. I'm joking. no yeah yeah um yeah no, that's awesome uh so the girls will actually like be writing songs though and um playing the music and learning are they actually going to be learning the instruments like what if they don't know an instrument going into this can they can they like just sit vicious it and just like plow on through well actually like the most girls probably won't know their instruments they they get to choose you know basics drums guitar bass keys and vocals and so through that week they'll learn basics you know three or four basic chords basic drum beats and then they'll together they will work to build their own song just depending on the group of kids in the band you know just depends on how how in-depth a song it will be but they're all like they're you know it's what they can do in a week together is pretty amazing so right. yeah so it's just one week and they'll learn these just one week yeah it's amazing just the ba- but that's how everyone starts when you start right. you learn you know, basic couple of beats or, you know, a few chords. But, like, I don't know, when we were kids, we had a few basics, and you started writing songs with two mm-hmm. or three three chords with your friends or your sister or whatever in the basement, and that's how it, how everyone starts, you know, unless yeah. you're, you know, unless you're in big lessons, but you still have to start with a few chords. So, yeah. yeah. And they're that's, all pretty excited about coming, you know, to be there. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember there are, there are music camps for kids uh, and and young people. It used to be at Fort Sam way back in the day. Really? Because yeah, because when I was at uh, when I first moved to Regina, I was at Fort Sam. I was taking the writers course, and uh, we would do our workshops in the afternoon inside the, one of the buildings, and uh, and the the musicians would plug the ramps into our building and play outside. And every so often we'd like unplug the ramps and pretend we didn't know what's going on <laughs> when they would come by. It was great it's fun. Ghosts. I recommend yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, don't. <laughs> but no, but the the point I was making before before I started anecdotizing uh, was that I mean these these sort of like workshops I think are really valuable. These concentrated uh, sort of times when kids can really sort of find a voice. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then it's I mean it is mainly about music but there's also there'll be a lot of other workshops and you know i think we have flux coming in for movement and um you know things like finding your voice or history of women in music and you know um yeah there's all and to like making their own t-shirts and posters and you know so it's a it's a a broad range of activities that'll be going on the week too so Cool. Mm-hmm. How many hours a day? Did you say that already? I didn't. It'll be nine to four, I believe, is the. Okay, so I think a, roughly. So full day camp. Year. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And awesome. then they have to be available on that Saturday too. Yeah. Right. To, for the show. So. Cool. Okay. Well, maybe at this point we could play some music because I actually downloaded some from the uh, Saskatoon awesome, uh, yeah. Girls Rock Camp from I guess last year, or the year before. Uh, and so what we've got t- today is um, the first one is well I should mention that I actually ran this by some kids. So I got some I got some kids and I was like okay I played them a whole bunch of songs that have been produced out of a girls rock camp and I got them to pick their two favorites and this is the, the minute I played this one they were like this. They they loved this song. So I'm going to play Perfect. that. 
Um, and I'll, I'll be playing it on uh, 91.3 Regina Community Radio on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And here we go. This is uh, Forever Vibes with Fuzzy Kittens. Forever Vibes with Fuzzy Kittens, and I think that is, without a doubt, the most punk rock thing we've ever played on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. I was about to say, yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty awesome, but, I mean, that was five days they wrote that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and presumably learned learned instruments and how to, like, put a song together like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good experience. I would have, I would love that as a, you know, as a kid growing up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, when I was in my 20s, actually, with a friend of mine, I was in a band. Uh, in a band. <laughs> I'm doing very big air quotes right now. <laughs> and uh, we, years, and we never got that good. Not even close. Not even within spitting distance of that good. I, I, I think you could put on the first Smiths album, and there are tracks that, uh, that Forever Vibes outshines them on. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, so. Yeah. So that's awesome. I, uh, you were talking, where is this going to be put on? Um, actually, the camp is based out of the IMP labs at the U of R, which is the interactive media performance labs. Right. So, And we, we will be able to access, actually, they have whole rooms full of like DJ equipment and um, wheels of steel and like mixing tables and stuff. And one of the workshops is going to be learning how to use that equipment. So that kind of, our camp's a little bit different in terms of some of the other girls' rock camps that we have that component to it so it's pretty exciting yeah they're so they're going to be learning the whole like dj thing as well yeah they'll have a bit and if if it's something they're you know they'll they'll have a bit of time in a workshop and then if that's there's something that any of them are really interested in then you know they may have the opportunity to to do some more and incorporate into their band song so can i ask you one thing you can because once you have like the dj equipment there you run the risk of them wanting to do like rap rock yeah. Could you steer them away from that, please? Actually, no. You know, <laughs> we like as the adults running the camp. We it's all the all of the kids, all the girls. They 
they'll determine yeah. the type of music they want to play. So depending on, you know, the the groups and what they decide, like we could have, it's not necessarily going to be all rock either, right? It's yeah. whatever the, what they, whatever they decide their sound is going to be. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you personally, you have a background in music? Um, I yeah, I do. I like looking back. It's been a long time, but I used to play music in Regina and like play. I play the drums and yeah. so like me and my started. Me and my sister used to play like you know garage shows and shows and then other bands through the city. But yeah, yeah. So a long time ago, but yeah, we yeah, put on lots of shows and stuff. And so this is exciting to be back back in it and yeah, yeah. That's and, great. Yeah, yeah. So is it sparking something for you? Is it like is it are you getting the itch? I have actually a lot and I've been my kit set up again and I've been yeah, I've been playing a lot and because also then to help with the drumming of the girls that are drumming there too. So it's yeah. exciting to be able to be able to help out with that too. So yeah, no. I know. I have the itch yeah. to play. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I have to find that venue for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, who else is going to be doing this with you? Like, who else? Uh, like, how many other women are going to be involved in putting this on? Well, I, it should be actually a fairly large group right now. There's an executive group that we're kind of working with, roughly eight to ten um, people. But you can look on our <laughs> girlsrockregina.com mm -hmm. or website. It'll kind of list the background of all of the the people who are on the executive. Um, our founders were. Danielle and Amanda, so two women who by themselves were looking at starting a rock camp in Regina, and actually both were talking to Saskatoon, and they were like, you guys need to talk to each other, because, I mean, ultimately we all want the same the same goal, so, yeah. Um, right. It's a really excellent group of, group of people, and, um, yeah, over the week of, the course of the week of camp, and before There'll be lots of other opportunities for volunteers um, to help yeah. out with the camp. So, yeah, mm -hmm. and so and the, the girls then will be learning how to do this with women who've like not just like you know can noodle around on a, an instrument, but like you. Oh yeah, no, actually like done shows. And, and actually, like, like there are, there are a lot of um, women that are in, that are on the executive that are in currently in bands in the city and stuff. So nice, you know, and, and are and the people we're looking at for for helping teach the instruments you know we're kind of we haven't nailed anyone down yet but we yeah it should be a really good yeah. talented group yeah so um how many kids are going to be in it uh we have space for 25 yeah, and is 25 it filling kids. up fast um yeah registration's taking place right now and the cutoff date is sunday march 19th so yeah right. they've been coming in pretty pretty steady so but there are still, still there is still slots? some there are well there is a the opportunity to apply because of we want to have a, a broad diverse range of kids in the camp and because they all get to tell what their what their instrument choices are then we need to kind of piece together and pair together the the group so right. yeah so yeah. so if any of our listeners and we we our, our show is really strong in the, like the you know the thirteen year old girl demographic huge uh, huge um, but if any of our listeners are want to enroll or enroll their children where do they go? Um, well, you can find us on Facebook at Girls Rock Regina or uh, online at um, girlsrockregina dot com and there's the information there and the registration forms are there so um, yeah awesome excellent okay well thanks a lot for coming in totally. um, I think. 
could we oh. could what, like what, how do you think she scored? Uh, <laughs> an eight point five. I mean, okay, take let's take into account it's eight point five out of fifty, but most people only get up to like a four. Yeah. So. Oh. So I think she qualifies as an improvement vector. I really have to adjust my rubric. You do. But uh, you do qualify as an improvement vector, Uh and we'll present you with this certificate of improvement suitable for framing uh, or whatever else you want to do. Thank you very much. Aiden still has to sign it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or Aaron, as it says here. Yeah. All right. So before we move on with the rest of our agenda, I want to play another uh, another girls rock song. Absolutely. And this is uh, the band is named Objection, and this song is called "We Are Girls" with no I. Oh. Yeah. And several R's. Okay. Cool. Okay. Here we so go. It sounds punk rock.
That was fantastic. Again, was I have chills. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for uh, introducing us to Girls Rock. That thanks. Was- Oh, thanks a lot for having me on and letting me talk about it. Yeah. So Anytime. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, maybe let us, if there's like some good music that comes out of the uh, camp this summer, let us know and we'll play some. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll be, they'll be able to record at the IMP Labs too at the UVR, and so we'll have, uh, yeah, we'll have good. Um, cool. Yeah, recordings of all of them, so. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, now we have to move on to the Innovative Revenue tool, Tools portion. Yes. Of our meeting. That is the section in which we come up with tools that are innovative and generate revenue. Yes. Hence, innovative revenue tools. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what do we got tonight? For this one, uh, this will not surprise recent listeners to the show. Um, we're advertising our innovative revenue tool is the CJTR 2017 Look and Listen Lottery. The theme this year is Share the Coast. Ooh. I looked, I, first time I saw the poster, I honestly thought it said shave the coast. <laughs> and I thought, that's really strange. That's a weird theme, but no, it's share the coast. That makes um, a lot more sense. Exactly. Oh, the, so early bird prize, there's a draw date of March 24th, um, is a $500 travel voucher courtesy of Carlson Wagen Lee Record Travel, uh, and two tickets to Lisa LeBlanc at the Artesian, courtesy of the Regina Folk Festival. Uh, the grand prize, and I love this, it's one of four different vacations. Uh, on the coast, uh, Victoria, Halifax, Portland, or San Francisco. Uh, that's accommodations, airfare, and $500 spending money. It's a fantastic deal. There are 1,500 tickets available for sale, but that number is shrinking all the time, and they're only $20 a pop. That is amazingly good uh, odds of winning and a small price to pay for a great prize. Uh, second prize, $1,000 travel voucher from Carlson Wagen Liebiger Travel, Third prize is the Regina Folk Festival 2017 Experience. Two tickets, two or two weekend passes to the to the uh, Regina Folk Festival. You can get tickets by calling in 306-525-7274 or going to cjtr.ca donate or contact us, queencityib on twitter.com, and we will also give you your own title. Regional director? Mm-hmm. I think uh, it should, we, we should up that to Galactic Director. Galactic Director, yeah. Moff, um, Grand Moff. If you buy two tickets. If you buy two tickets. And if you buy a book of five, we will give you the title of Lord Darth Vader. We will. Yeah. You thought it was a person. It's a title. Mm-hmm. And you, too, can be one. And we have authority to grant these titles. Yes, we do somehow. We totally do. <laughs> it was granted to us in an eldritch ceremony one yeah. time. Yeah. So if you want to get tickets from us, and we really want you to get mm-hmm. tickets from us, please do. Uh, you can uh, you can call the station while we're on mm-hmm. the air. Maybe that yep. wouldn't work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the best way would be to tweet at us at Queen City IB, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll hook you up. The other thing that you can do is you can order your tickets online on the on the uh, CJTR website. Online. Yes, on you can go to the, the CJTR online. website. Yeah, oh. it's this thing called the internet. All the <laughs> kids are doing it. It is ridiculous. I know. It's a fad. I know, but you know we have to like a sop to the children. What, uh, is, what is it with like just trying to like sop, giving sops to children? I know. I've I've had enough. I know. With they have on, it too easy. On the line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they can. The kids can go online. We should send all the girls to rock camp. Send them to rock camp yes. and that'll straighten them out. <laughs> That's right. But if they go online, they can order their tickets online and they can say who they're buying their ticket for. And so they can say, for the Queen City Improvement Bureau. 
and we will then we'll find out and we'll send them a title. Yeah, or you can say for the win, but that for won't, the win, that that won't, won't help anybody. Anything. But it will be cool yeah. to say. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. That's exciting. And uh, thanks again for coming in, Jennifer. Thanks again for having yeah. me. It was lots of fun. Oh, and I'm I'm trying to turn on the rest of the innovative revenue tools, and I'm pushing all the wrong buttons. But here we go. Hey, let's you you say the yo thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's funny. No. I'm not saying Yo, I'm Jack. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Ada. And, and we're, we're from Radio Kids. And you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. All right, that's it for Innovative Revenue Tools for another week. As always, the best tools. They are the best tools. Okay, I'm just shutting everything, all the audio stuff down. So, did you get out much this week? Me? Yeah, you. I don't get anywhere. No, I did. I got somewhere. Where'd you, where did you get? I got out of the sub-basement again. 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 Sometimes it's very quiet in here. Yeah. Those are the times when I Those think. are the times when I'm away. Yeah, because usually yeah. you sort of mumble to yourself constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Yeah. So. It's because I'm working so hard. Yeah, that's me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm always always working yeah. really hard here, doing everything I can to make sure that the city is always improving. Yeah. All work, no play. Makes the QCIV a good boy. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's it's not weird or creepy at all. No, not at all. Uh, no, so what I did is, you don't remember, because you were not here. We had Shauna Uchu from White Pony, Pony Lodge in. Uh, doing the show. That's right. Doing the meeting uh, in your stead. That's right. So that we had, like, we got even close to quorum. I was sleeping. Yeah, you were sleeping somewhere else. You were stuck mm-hmm. in gum, I think it was. That's right. I was stuck in yeah. gum in the boiler room. Yeah. Uh, but part of that time I was asleep. Sure. Yeah, yeah that'll happen. That's yeah. right. Uh, so she was here, and we interviewed um, uh, Councillor Joel Murray, and we talked about uh, we talked about North Central. And one of the topics that came up was how uh, housing issues in North Central are a, they've been a thorny problem that do not seem to be resolving themselves, despite everybody being aware of the fact that for years that there's a lot of slum housing in North Central. Um, and, you know, some of it's, some of it's in very, very, very bad repair. There's not enough affordable housing in North Central, and what's there is just not great stock. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I crept upstairs and I cornered Jennifer Barrett one of the planners upstairs smart yeah and i said hey jennifer what's going on in north central and she was like calm down paul let's just do an interview and so i recorded that oh nice yeah nice and i thought i would play that now now we get pretty deep into the weeds here talking about housing and north central and stuff so um yeah we talk about a lot of stuff it's a really good interview with a lot of detail and just warning our listeners um this is this is a content warning, but not for swearing or nudity, <laughs> but for <laughs> but, wonkiness. But for wonkiness, yeah. Uh, also, uh, just before you start, perhaps afterwards, uh, after the interview is done, and we have a few more minutes in the meeting, I could uh, reveal my solution. Okay, I'm looking forward to it, and then we can write it up and send it up to Jennifer. That's the idea. All right. Okay, let's play that interview right now. Blah, blah, blah. Hi, I'm, and I work at. Sure. So 
my name is Jennifer Barrett. I am the currently the acting manager of the neighborhood planning branch, and I've also in the past at the city worked on the city's housing strategy and housing incentives program. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Shauna Uchu from White Pony Lodge uh, in meeting, and she was uh, she was talking about the uh, housing situation in North Central, and we also had uh, Councillor Joel Murray, the councillor for the area, on. We talked about how the uh, housing problems that North Central has seen are kind of a, a nagging problem for that neighborhood. And um, Councillor Murray read this thing that uh, the North Central Family Center had put together, and I thought to just sort of ground our conversation, I just wanted to like read a couple sentences from it. Um, this was put together by uh, some kids who are in a GED program there, and it was their vision for uh, a five-year vision for North Central. And it goes, our five-year vision for North Central, I have a two-bedroom home for my family that we can afford and have money left over so we can buy nutritious food and necessities like clothing, medicine, and transportation. We have a decent landlord that properly maintains our home and there is a better process put in place to hold landlords accountable. In five years, I want to, be, I want to feel safe in my community and be proud to live in North Central. So one of the things Councillor Murray pointed out is that a lot of the stuff in this five-year vision, these things that people want to attain in North Central, are things that people elsewhere in the city just take for granted. And I'm wondering... Uh, we have a, uh, a strategy in place to deal with housing in the city and affordable housing. And I'm wondering, what um, what is the city's perspective to begin uh, with? What is, what is what is the status of the housing? Where do you guys see the housing situation in North Central? Sure. So I'll talk maybe by, uh, or I'll begin speaking about the housing strategy overall. So that was a strategy that was finished in 2013. And at that time, of course, we had a booming economy and a real, we had two crises actually. One was an affordability crisis and the other was a supply crisis. So what that strategy was meant to do was to put in place a number of different recommendations that we could implement over a period of time, five to 10 years, that would help to improve our housing situation, both in terms of affordability and supply. Of course, the housing market has changed a bit now, but we're still moving forward on many of those recommendations. So to talk specifically about what the city has done, both citywide as, as well as in North Central, is um, we have something called the Housing Incentives Program or Housing Incentives Policy. And that is uh, funding to help with the development of new housing, and that can be both market rental as well as affordable units. So that was really meant to address the fact that there is an affordability crisis or there is a need for affordable housing, and that continues even today with with less of an economic boom and, and less of a crisis of supply, but also in recognition of the fact that there is a need for neighborhood renewal, that a lot of the issues that some of the core neighborhoods are seeing is just purely housing that hasn't been maintained over long periods of time. And so the strategy is really meant to to help in some way with the revitalization and renewal of neighborhoods like North Central by bringing new units on to the market. Um, have you guys done uh, an inventory of the housing stock, and have you t or have you taken a look at kind of the specific challenges that North Central is facing compared to other neighborhoods? Um, yes and no. So we do have neighborhood plans for a number of neighborhoods throughout the city, including North Central, and North Central itself has done a number of their own plans, something called the North Central Legacy Study, which is, is the last one that was done. It's not a property-by-property property inventory of housing, but we can look at 
that data, which was accumulated by the neighborhood itself, as well as we can look at census data. So the census data, we're still working with 2011 data. The new data is due out this year for 2016. But that shows us things such as uh, the quality of housing. So we can... We know from looking at that data that in, that North Central has more challenges, say, than other neighborhoods in terms of housing that is in poorer condition. What uh, what tools does the city have to uh, deal with those houses that are, you know, derelict or just in bad repair? Sure. So we have something known as HSET, which is the Housing Standards Enforcement Team, and that is a a group of of representatives from a numer numerous different agencies across the city. And the goal of that group is to ensure that people are living in safe and sanitary housing. And so it is a group that will address issues in the cases of housing being unsafe. So their goal is to use our regulatory methods, such as our bylaws, to make sure that housing is maintained and brought up to standards so that it is safe and healthy for people to live in. Right. How specifically would they do that? Um, for instance, uh, the White Pony Lodge has come across a couple buildings that were um, that have been abandoned by their landlords and have been taken over for drug use and prostitution, uh, and they're uh, they're a fire hazard. Um, what uh, what specific things can this team do to to you know either tear these buildings down or get them fixed up? Right. I can't speak to a lot of the specifics. I can speak to the fact that there are bylaws in place, such as our community health and st uh, standards bylaw, that people like fire and uh, bylaw enforcement can use to ensure that buildings are safe and to take whatever methods are necessary to ensure that if they're not, that something is done about them, whether that's you know, to encourage maintenance and upkeep or to placard buildings. A long time ago, at one of the very, very early uh, OCP planning sessions, uh, consultation sessions, uh, I believe it was Rob Daglow from North Central. I don't know if you know him, but he was uh, he was working at the uh, the community center there. He talked about how North Central has a surplus of single-family dwelling rental units, and that that's kind of unique to North Central, and that um, a lot of these houses uh, don't really fit the needs of the community for the type of rental spaces they need, and um, they've been really horribly maintained. Uh, is there a way to, um, like, is the city in its strategizing around North Central, is it looking at this issue of, like, single-family dwellings and looking how to transition the neighborhoods to more multifamily, for instance? There isn't a strategy in place that's specific for North Central, but through consultations and the creation of our official community plan, there is a recognition for a need for more housing diversity, and that is also true in our housing strategy as well. So one thing we've done is we have adjusted our housing incentive policy to focus on the larger multi-unit buildings. So we have funded in the past two-unit buildings, such as duplexes, um, and that's largely just to encourage the renewal of these small 25-foot lots where there might be a single detached home now. A single detached home comes down and two units can go up, so it's adding new units and adding additional units. But we also focus on providing incentives for, for, for buildings that are four units or more in order to encourage that kind of diversity. So in doing so, the incentives program is encouraging developers to look at those multi-unit buildings. Of course, the challenge in a in an older neighborhood where you have a certain kind of property type is if you have a lot of 25-foot lots, it's easier to replace the duplexes than it is to, say, consolidate lots or find larger lots. Um, I will point to one program that we're quite excited about, and that is the, the Samaritan Project, which is a project being developed by Souls Harbor. 
in the North Central neighborhood, and that will include a number of different facilities as well as 16 affordable rental units. And so the city's committed some funding to that program. So I think that speaks to that need for housing diversity and a new type of housing in the neighborhood. One of the concerns that uh, Shauna raised and is connected to this is uh, the issue of landlords. And the people who own these properties are the ones who are sort of responsible for not maintaining them. Uh, what, what is the comprehensive housing strategy doing to, to educate uh, landlords and to get them more on board with this strategy? So there have been a number of things that have been done. I guess I should start by mentioning that the relationship between tenants and landlords is done through the Provincial Office of Rental Tenancies. So they pay, play an important role in ensuring that that no one's being taken advantage of in either situation. Um, what the housing strategy does call for is working with groups like the Housing Standards Enforcement Team to ensure that we're continually maintaining and reviewing housing for a quality that is safe and uh, and sanitary. There are also a number of different um, strategies in there that we've looked at yet hadn't, haven't implemented yet, such as uh, looking at a source of funding or programming for the repair of housing. The reason the city hasn't moved forward on that is largely because the federal government and provincial governments have had strong programs for housing repair. So it's been thought that while those programs continue, the city can still move forward on uh, our funding for the development of new new housing. Do the um, federal and provincial governments still have programs that are good for housing repair? So that's a good question. The provincial program, which is called the RAP program, or RRAP, has been put on hold. However, the federal government, through their analysis for a national housing strategy, which has been underway for the last year, one of the four or five strategies that they're looking at is repair of housing. So there is a chance that through the national housing strategy, more money will be available for the repair of housing. Um, but would you say we're in sort of a limbo state right now? Like, is there is there actual money available at present, or are we kind of like waiting to find out if it'll be available again? Uh, a little of both. So the, I should mention that the although the RAP program is on hold, the provincial government does have another program called the uh, Rental Development Program, and through that, the there is funding available for what's called the acquisition, acquisition and repair, or acquisition and development. So that would allow developers and nonprofit housing providers to go and buy an existing building and use funding to bring it up to a, a better standard and then also there would be affordability requirements built into that as a string attached to the funding so that could say for example turn an older market rate rental building into an affordable rental building with some with some upgrades and for property owners, especially with like infill in North Central, how much uptake are you seeing on, uh, say, like the granting program, the uh, property tax exemptions uh, for affordable housing? What's Are you seeing much interest in those programs from landowners? We are. In fact, I can give you some of the numbers. So since 2013, we've committed almost 600000 just in North Central loan and capital funding. Some of that is for new affordable ownership units under Habitat for Humanity. So we do have a home ownership program as well for affordable home ownership. So that makes up eight of the units and $95,000, but the remainder of the funding has gone for f the development of new affordable units in North Central. On top of that, we also have a tax exemption program. So anything that qualifies for our capital grants gets a five-year tax exemption. In addition to that, the program since 2013 has been such that any new development of rental housing, so that could be as small as a duplex or a multi-unit building, also receives a five-year exemption. There are no affordability strings attached to that. That's purely to get new and uh, revitalized units on the market. 
and that has amounted to just over six hundred thousand dollars in, in municipal tax exemption as well how much is this is going to result in like attainable affordable housing that's appropriate for north central um and and are we going to see like gentrification of the neighborhood where it becomes too expensive for the people who live there to stay there yeah so the numbers for affordable housing i'm just trying to do some quick math in my head is about uh 30 some odd units have been created since 2013 okay. new affordable units so and 30 okay. yeah and uh, in terms of gentrification, I think that's always a challenge for any neighborhood is you want to bring revitalization to a neighborhood, but you don't want to tip it in such a direction that the people who call it their community and who've lived there for generations are suddenly priced out of the neighborhood. So I think that's why the affordable housing program is so important because those units have to be maintained as affordable housing. One thing that the, uh, the strategy also talks about that has... Uh, would have been a really specific impact for North Central is Aboriginal consultation. What's been going on there with North Central so far for housing? So I know there have been a number of consultations done by community groups that um, are being fed into their most recent community plan, which we will certainly look at. And when we begin neighborhood planning, which we hope to do in the next few years to refresh the neighborhood plans at our place, certainly public consultation will be a big part of that process as well to making sure to make sure that we're hearing from a variety of, of voices and really achieving a consultation that recognizes the diversity or the uniqueness of North Central. There was just a mention of density bonusing. Is that is that happening? And if so, can you like talk about that? Because I'm, it's it's an, it's a curious concept. Sure. Do you want some background? I'm yeah. Yeah, because we've been using it in the downtown neighborhood plan, for instance, uh, since, whatever, 2009. Uh, it's interesting to see that being applied to residential as well. Right. So there's nothing in place at the time other than, as you mentioned, in the downtown. What density bonusing allows for is that a property based on its zoning, there's a certain allowable amount of units or density that, that can be developed on a site. What density bonusing would do would be allow create an allowable use that would increase the number of units on a site if some other benefit were achieved. So, for example, in the downtown, it might be that the developer commits to putting in a certain amount of amenity space, either in the building or around the building, that could be used for the community at large. In the case of our housing strategy, a density bonus could be used, for example, to allow a developer to add additional floors or, or units to their building provided that those units are for affordable housing only. We don't have it in our zoning bylaw right now, but it's certainly something that's being looked at and, and considered as a tool that we could use to help increase the number of affordable units and, again, to increase that notion of diversity of housing, which is not only diversity in type, but it, diversity in affordability as well. Um, one of the things that came up in that uh, family center uh, five-year vision was the mention of um, nutritious food which raises the question of um, food security and just the the whole OC, uh, the official community plan notion of com complete communities. And I don't know if this is a little bit outside of the scope of the stuff that you do, but North Central for a long time hasn't really had a good um, comprehensive grocery store and lacks a lot of the sort of amenities that a lot of other neighborhoods have, you know, constant access to. And for a neighborhood where a lot of people may not have cars or have access to, um, you know, uh, convenient transportation, it's kind of important. How in a, in a, in a neighborhood like North Central are you guys approaching this question of complete communities? 
I think that will be a large part of the conversation when we begin our neighborhood plans, certainly looking at neighborhoods first and addressing what their strengths are as well as their weaknesses and I imagine that food security will come up. There have been a number of studies that have been done looking at proximity to grocery stores or proximity to healthy food and uh, certainly North Central is one of the communities that struggles with that. We do have a fairly robust community garden program and North Central has a community garden and so that's kind of an exciting move in the direction of food security Um, but it's certainly something that will be considered and, and, you know, worked on. Yeah. One of the things that I hear, though, often at public consultations is people say, why don't you put a grocery store here? Or why don't you put a grocery store over here? This building would be fantastic for this service. Um, obviously, the city can't open a grocery store in one of these spaces. Are there tools that municipalities have to encourage developments in infill? Yeah, you're absolutely right that without being a grocery store chain ourselves, we can't go and build a grocery store. We can address the issue of raising the issue of the need for a grocery store and hoping that the right developer comes to the table. This may be part of the conversation when we talk about um, the development of our rail lands and uh, Taylor Field neighborhoods. Maybe there's an opportunity there. I don't know if those conversations have been had, but certainly I think the best we can do is, is raise the issue and make sure that it's known that that is a amenity that's lacking in the neighborhood. Okay, I think that covers pretty much everything. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on about housing in North Central that I might have missed? I guess I could just touch on a few other things the city's involved in. You mentioned Rob DeGlau, and uh, he came to the Housing Commission back in late 2014, I believe it was, to bring forward this notion of a crime-free multi-housing program for Regina. So this is a program that's been in place in some cities in the U.S. and a few cities in Canada have tried it out. And what it is is essentially a three-step program where you work both with landlords and tenants to try to encourage a collaborative effort towards removing or at least identifying crime in the neighborhood. And so the three phases of a program would be first education to landlords and tenants about what you're trying to achieve. The second phase is what's called a SEPTED audit, so crime prevention through environmental design, and that is really looking at properties and uh, noticing areas that may be that may help to encourage or support crime. So places that are poorly lit um, have hiding places, those types of things. So you do an audit of process of areas around a property to identify things that might help. And then the third phase would be getting landlords and tenants together to kind of mutually agree to some goals they want to achieve. So we've done some initial consultation on that. It's It will go next to the police commissioners to see if there's interest because they would be a major player in that. But there is a, an idea that something like this could maybe be piloted on a very small scale in Regina to try something like that out. And it would be more of a collaborative effort. Yeah. So stay tuned. You're welcome. All right, that was Jennifer Barrett, the manager of neighborhood planning for the city of Regina, talking about housing in North Central on the Queen City Improvement Bureau, 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And I don't know if it came across in that conversation, but I am a huge fan of density bonusing. Density bonus actually is one of my favorite R&B singers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just revolutionized 90s New Jack Swing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. And density bonusing in planning, in urban planning, is so cool. Yeah, apparently yeah. so. We should do an entire episode on density bonusing. It will be 
it would be a rip snorting episode. It would. So many people would tune in. They would to listen to us talk yeah. about density bonusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I will put it on next week's agenda. <laughs> Excellent. Or the week after, we'll see. <clears throat> or at some point. Yeah. At some point. You said you had a housing. Uh, you had a housing solution. Yeah, I, I have to say, um, I was a little disappointed that uh, that Jennifer Barrett did not mention this rather this I think rather elegant solution to the housing issue. Mm-hmm. Um, an app. Oh. I've developed a killer God, app. Damn. Yeah. Brilliant. It's called Houser. <laughs> How do you spell that? Not a man among us may know. <laughs> I bet you it's H O W S R R R. Actually, well, two R's. Okay, uh, you're very close. Yeah. Yes, but with Hauser, yeah, you, 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 what you do is you use it, and you can be matched with the house uh, with housing according to your means and the means of the market. Oh, yeah, interesting. It's the magic of social and crowdsourcing to provide housing solutions hmm. for for the vagina market. It's interesting how this whole app economy that we're building is starting to seem a lot more centrally planned and, dare I say, Soviet. <laughs> it's like we're just going to, instead of handing the reins of the economy over to Stalin, we'll just give it to our, our, our smartphones. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. No, they're the little planners. The the, yeah. the central tenet of Hauser yeah. is, is that uh, you basically, it, it actually sort of locks into the sharing economy paradigm uh-huh. in which when people leave their house um you know with airbnb when people yeah, rent, yeah this is when people actually leave their house to go to work for the day oh, all of a sudden brilliant. housing yeah. space yeah. becomes available <laughs> and people can move in this is great the problems the the problem of course is that with the end users we haven't quite worked out that bit when the people who are away for the day come home. This is great. I so we will, those people will also have to subscribe or have load up, just load up Hauser on yeah. their phones. Yeah, and then they'll just find whatever home they're going to go to after work. Precisely. Yeah, because sometimes you come home, there are people there, and then you go elsewhere. All right, we, yeah. we will write this up and send it upstairs. Uh, I, think, I think it will be a bombshell. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't dig deeper into this because we really have to uh, adjourn the meeting now. Oh. So I'm going to have to make that motion. Okay. Um, I'm just going to load up my app, Adjourner, okay, good. On, on my smartphone to adjourn right. a meeting. Okay. And uh, the meeting is in adjournment mode. Uh, yes, great. Meeting adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, the Queen City Improvement Bureau is co-hosted by Paul Deschen and Aidan Morgan. And you can find us on Twitter at Queen City IB or on Facebook. Find us online at cgtr.ca slash podcast to listen to our shows. And also, of course, you can find us on our website, queencityib.com, full of flashy graphics and great podcasts. Coming up next is the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the cockpit. Keep on improving.